This is a bonus episode where I talk about manifesting. To be honest, I hadn't given manifesting a ton of thought, but I was asked to speak on a panel for this great event called Sway to Success, spelled S-W-E-Y, where we discussed spiritual tools to apply to our success and to helping others achieve success. And I spoke about manifesting. I mean, as most of you know, I don't really even consider myself spiritual, but there's a lot of talk about how if you manifest today, you'll get what you want. And I just thought that would be a really important topic to address. So here is one of the talks I gave at the event about my opinions on manifesting and is it just a bunch of bullshit or are there aspects to it that can actually work? And ask me, what do I think about manifesting since I've been studying all this spirituality stuff that some might call woo? Do I think it's woo? Do I think it's there's something to it? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. But I want to back up a little and say, how did I even get into all of this? I never even would have considered anything like spirituality before. I just thought it was complete wishful thinking and nonsense. And sadly, in 2015, my dad passed away and I decided to investigate if there was any evidence of an afterlife, spirituality, some form of survival of consciousness and something that didn't require belief. Was there data? Was there reasons to believe this? And oh my God, there was so much. Now, that is a whole other story, and if I was to go into that, we would spend about five hours talking about afterlife evidence. But interestingly, while studying all this, I learned a lot about consciousness. How does it affect our world? How does it affect matter? How does it impact what we want? Which, Fun is used the word manifesting. So, you know... I wish I could just have a simple answer that you sat in your room for a month, imagined a billion dollars every day, and you walked out and were a billionaire. So it doesn't work like that. But there really is something to it. And I would have completely dismissed that until I started researching this. So what do I think backs up that there is something to manifesting? Well, first of all, I'll start with a study and research called the Global Consciousness Project. Now, I want to say maybe it was 20 years ago, someone, a researcher, decided to set up random number generators. Now, those are machines, and they randomly produce, almost like flipping a coin, they randomly give numbers ones or number zeros. And logically, there's a 50-50% chance that you'll get a one or a zero. Now, first of all, they had people, I believe they selected meditators, but people who would supposedly have more ability to focus than just the average person. And they asked them to focus on trying to get 
these random jump random number generators to produce significantly more ones over zeros or zeros over ones. And there was an effect and the numbers started to behave non-randomly, which everyone is just like, fuck, like, how is this working? And so what they then did with the global consciousness project is they placed them around the world. And they noticed when there was a world event that many people were focused on, this was done a while ago. So it was Princess Diana's passing and 9-11. Around those times, the numbers started to behave non-randomly and the data coming in was non-random, which I wish I could explain how exactly that worked, but it showed when there's an intense focus of multiple people, it directly is affecting matter in some way. What's even crazier, and this is a whole other topic because it gets into time, and but the numbers started to behave non-randomly a little before the events. So I, I can't explain that. I really wish I could. Now, another discussion that was had because people often think, well, you know, it makes no sense. I mean, if everyone could just sit and think of something and have it, we'd all have it. So this was addressed by Dr. Dean Radin. He is also an afterlife researcher and researches parapsychology and study of non-local consciousness, which means non-local consciousness, I should explain for all of you means that our consciousness is not created by our brain, but is downloaded by our brain. And it's a bunch of science that seems to back that up. Again, another topic. So I heard him speak once and someone asked him, well, what if I wanted to step outside and find a diamond sitting on the street that's worth a hundred million dollars? And Why can't I just sit and manifest that? Well, thinking about it, meditating on it. What if I even got a few people to sit and meditate on it with me? Well, I find it. And if this works, why wouldn't I? So, yeah, that's the good question. If this works, why wouldn't you? So what he said was the odds of finding a $100 million diamond sitting on your street is so minuscule that let's say this does work and it increases the odds. So it increases the odds from 0.0000001% to 0.0001, remove a few of the zeros and increase it a little bit. It's still almost impossible. So how do you actually then incorporate manifesting into your life? Because You know, people want to find the love of their life. People want to find success in their career. And I think there's a big misconception in how manifesting works. People think just manifesting is a bunch of nonsense if, you know, and they imagine people sitting in their rooms and just meditating and saying this over and over again and journaling on it. And other people who don't think it's nonsense, might do that, but not see results. Well, I don't think it's this magical solution. 
if we all could do it that way, we would and everyone would have everything we wanted. It would be a lot simpler. So again, part of it's the odds of what you want. But, you know, part of it is it's just a portion. You still need to engage yourself in the world. So let's say, you know, you want to find the love of your life and it's really great. Sit at home, write out everything you want. Say, I'm going to find this. One exercise even is, you know, say I am. That's just one of the exercises. I don't know if that works more than journaling, more than vision boards, but you know, who knows how or which works. It's kind of what works for you and what makes you feel right. So now does that work that, you know, along the lines of the global consciousness project where now everything changes and atoms and molecules, maybe, I don't know. That data is really interesting. How does it work? What is the mechanism behind it? I don't know. But people read micro expressions. That's really understood science. So let's say instead of sitting at home, you know, being like, oh, I'm single. I hate it. I don't have the love of my life. I'm miserable. Like you're swiping on the apps, you're going on dates and you're like, oh, there's nobody. And instead you've spent an hour a day or five minutes a day saying, I am in love. This is my, the love of my life. This is who I'm going to meet. What type of micro expressions do you think you have? What type of people do you think you're attracting? That's how I feel confident saying it works. And now let's take that to wealth abundance, financial abundance. You're sitting at home, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm poor. I'll never have what I want. And you go to a job interview or you go speak with an investor. Again, micro expressions and the little choices you make in your life. You know, if you were to take manifesting to an extreme and you said, oh, well, I'm writing out every day. I'll have $100 million in three years. So I'm going to rack up all this debt in my credit card and not worry about it. That's That doesn't work. And neither, as I said before, just sitting around saying, well, you know, I'm poor. I hate everything. I mean, that just doesn't bring good vibes into the world. You don't attract people who would help you up level, who would support you, you attract other negative people. And we can say that's the law of attraction, which again, people will say, maybe it's woo, maybe it's the answer to everything. I mean, you get kind of both extremes with things like the law of attraction. But in reality, think about it, like you're feeling good about yourself, you're a successful person. And you meet a person who's just like, Oh, I hate everything. And they just you feel that in people. Do you want to spend time with them? So those are the ways I feel most confident that this works and how I try to bring it into my life. Those I would say are the facts of how it works, the micro expressions, the energy, the self motivation too. like you literally change your brain neurons when you're thinking these positive things which I actually want to give a disclaimer. I am not a fan of toxic positivity. People have brought that to me over the death of my dad. Be grateful that, no, fuck you. I'm really in grief. 
It doesn't mean don't honor your feelings. It doesn't mean gaslight yourself that things are good when they're not. But it means, I guess to me, have a hope and work towards that hope. And you have different energy. You have the energy to go to the gym. You have the energy to eat well. And another disclaimer, there is serious depression at times, and this isn't going to do that. I mean, take care of yourself. Go to a psychiatrist if that's the situation. But again, that takes hope that you can feel better. And no, positive thoughts aren't going to cure depression. And no, when I was in grief, I don't think I should have woken up every morning and been like, I'm grateful. I got under the covers, lay in bed, and wouldn't get out for like months after losing my dad. And that can be a healthy response too. That's honoring what you really feel. So again, the aspect I bring to it is hope. That's when I started researching evidence of an afterlife. And I had a hope there was something. And that's what got me to feel joy and engage in life. Now, Another part that might tie into manifesting, again, these are fascinating hypotheses. I don't want to say this is a fact. I just think it's really interesting and I don't want to talk about manifesting without bringing this up. It is quantum entanglement and the split particle experiment. Now, please Google this because there are people who will speak about it much better than I will. But so... This was done by Einstein and traditional physicists that no one, even the most skeptical person, couldn't deny are serious physicists. And it's just so mind-blowing. I just still kind of can't even believe it when I talk about it. So you take like molecules, atoms, small subatomic particles, and scientists wondered, did they behave as particles or waves? They weren't sure. Now, to set that up, they put this like board and they cut two slits in it. Again, Google this and listen to an actual scientist explaining it because you're getting a sort of, you know, non-scientist but fascinated by science explanation. So they had the board with two slits in it and they put a board behind it and they sent these light particles through the slits. Now, the thought was that if they behaved like waves, there would be interference patterns, you know, when it went through the slits, as if, you know, picture ripples in a pond. Those are waves. You throw a stone in and you get what they call interference patterns. That's how these particles would behave or these subatomic things because they weren't sure if it's a particle or wave. So now if it was a particle, it should choose which of the slits it went through, and we just have two straight lines against the board. So what they discovered is that when no one was observing and they got the results or no technology was observing as the particle went through the slits, they behaved like a wave, which is fairly, I guess, indecisive, unformed. When someone was observing, they behaved like a particle. Literally, our observation changed how these particles behaved on a subatomic level. And you tie that in with the Global Consciousness Project. I mean, this is why I called my brand What the Fuck Just Happened. Like, this is just 
absolutely inexplicable. So I'm going to go to the second part of this, which is called quantum entanglement. And one of the known laws of the universe, indisputable, is that nothing can travel faster than the speed of light in our universe. And what scientists discovered is sometimes these quantum particles entangle with each other. So that means, let's say, one is spinning clockwise and the other is spinning counterclockwise. That's just a description. I'm not necessarily saying that's literally how it works. but And you change the spin of one, it changes the spin of the other. Now, that would make sense if they were 10 feet away. To an extent, they're giving each other information. But what they began to notice was particles that were miles, light years away from each other, still entangled. And you change the spin of one and it affected the spin of the other. So that meant they were giving each other information faster than the speed of light. And that means that there's, and it means that somehow matter entangles with each other. And these type of matter somehow entangle with consciousness. So there is some way our thoughts are overused word, but I do use it. Energy. Sorry. I do overuse that word or all of us do in this world, but our consciousness somehow seems to entangle. And that's where I do think manifesting works in a way we don't understand. We just don't. And I mean, if I could explain it to you, I'd be sitting here with my Nobel Prize and a billion dollars, which, you know, maybe that's why I should manifest now. But we, you know, so there's something about just accepting. I don't understand this. It can't hurt to try. And then there's the part that I think we do understand, which is micro expressions, feeling good around people. There have even been studies where someone who's feeling really negative or someone who's feeling really positive and they've measured brain waves, it's called mirror neurons. And your brain starts to mirror the other person. So again, you're sitting there with an investor and you're feeling really like a successful person. Their brain neurons start to mirror yours. And you're on a date and you're feeling like attractive and you're going to find the love of your life. Their brain neurons mirror yours. You're feeling like unattractive, single, no one's going to like you. What happens to their brain neurons? So that's where I think there's direct concrete evidence where you can explain it. And, you know, it can't hurt to do, but the problems come in when you abuse it and people think, you know, sit in your room and spend three hours journaling about the love of your life. And now you're going to find it and you don't need to go on dates and you don't need to go on apps or you're going to, as I said before, get hundred million dollars in three years because you're meditating on it and you get your little meditation circle to meditate with you. And you don't actually check the data of your startup. And how do you raise maybe $500,000 before you go to the hundred million and you don't take the realistic steps. So that is really why I believe in a form of manifesting and why I use it. And I've noticed really positive results with my major career change of going from working in fashion to writing about something that's just 
oh my God, it's so weird. And when I first wrote about it, I was so embarrassed. I was like trying to do it under a pen name and hide and, you know, I've just had really good results. So manifesting has made a difference in my life. I can't explain, you can't fully understand exactly how it works, but it really can't hurt to try. Elizabeth, can I just say, you're so relatable. Your entire speech was just so, so relatable. And I think my community, the audience here really, really resonated with everything you said, especially your ending, which is why not just give it a try? There is literally no harm. And on that note, we have some hot questions from the audience that is specifically related to the speech. The first question that the community wants to know is, why don't manifestations usually don't work when they don't work? Why doesn't that happen? Because it's not a guarantee. As I said, if everybody did it and it was just a package perfect formula, no one would work. We would just sit and manifest. Everyone would have everything they want. It seems to statistically improve the possibility of getting what you want and creating a more positive set of mirror neurons. And it you'd probably want to look at the statistical probability of what you are already what you're trying to manifest. I mean, it's the same as saying, I want to be a CEO. So I'm going to send a resume into a big corporation and say, I want to be a CEO. Like, that's not going to do it. Yeah. It's just one step that seems to increase the odds of you getting what you want. Okay. Is it easier to manifest one thing more than another thing? Is there any specificity like that? Um, I, in terms of doing the actual work of manifesting, I don't think it's easier to try to manifest one thing over the other. I think, again, getting into the statistical odds, you're going to have a lot more luck manifesting something that is more probable to happen than something that isn't. You know, I mean, am I going to manifest making a million dollars in the next year? That's a pretty realistic goal. Am I going to manifest making $2 billion and becoming like a president, that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Okay, so how long does it usually take? Is there a time frame to manifesting something? I don't think so, no. I, as far as I know, there isn't. It depends on a little bit what the time frame of the thing would take anyway. Mm-hmm. But. I haven't heard of any time frame. I think it can speed up some things and get the ball rolling a little faster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and how much does time play in? Are you 16 and starting to manifest the position you want to have at 35? Mm-hmm. Are you 30 and wanting to manifest a promotion that's going to be up in the next month? Mm-hmm. So it ties into the reality a bit of what you want. And other than that, I don't know. I actually think that'd be a fascinating study to test to what extent time is affected by manifesting. And this is a very interesting question. Did your grief propel your manifestations in any way? As in, is it always a positive based, uh, is it always a positive based aspect that brings manifestations to life? Can, can something that is not as positive really fuel our manifestations? Yeah. I think something that isn't positive can, because there's, 
a growth from trauma and, or there can be, I, I don't want to say there is, and I'm not saying it's worth mm-hmm. it. And, but there can be a growth. It can help you, at least for me, it, it helped me understand a lot more about who I was. Mm-hmm. So I think I have more focus on what I want. Mm-hmm. And I would guess that would increase my ability to manifest what I want. Plus, I mean, I wouldn't have even considered anything like manifesting before losing my dad and studying this. I just thought it was bullshit. Now, why do you think most people don't talk about the science that really exists behind manifesting? That is such a good question. Why people don't talk about any of this science, manifesting, afterlife? I, it's, a complicated question and one we all talk about a lot. It seems to be there just is a lack of knowledge. The little fun, soundbitey, more woo-woo science that doesn't have hard data is more fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. And people would prefer it was true. I wish some of this like more pseudoscience was all true. Yeah. Be- I mean, it's just not as exciting. It's hard numbers, data, and it doesn't promise as simple of a guarantee. Mm. But people are talking about quantum entanglement and the split particle. But people also talk about it. It's kind of over talked about often in a way that means that without a doubt, you think something and you get it. Mm. So it's a little abused. But the other science such as Global Consciousness Project, it's just, there isn't enough knowledge where enough people are talking about it. And I don't really know why. I can't understand why this isn't the biggest thing that the whole world's stopping to talk about forever. So that's a good question. I wish I had a really solid answer for you. (laughs) I think think it just leaves so much room for all of us to be curious and to explore and to, you know, really get educated in this as much as we can and expand our knowledge capacities. And on that note, given as you have done so much research on this, Elizabeth, and you've spent a good amount of time just flowing in this direction, what is currently happening in your life? How can people connect with you if they want to know more about this? Or what is something that you're offering at the moment that, you know, the community can actually jump into and explore this space with you? Great. So, this is a few part question. I am currently selling my book. What the fuck just happened? A sciencey skeptic explores grief, healing and evidence of an afterlife that tells my whole story of losing my dad, the very preliminary put stepping my toe into this research. So it, I bring this research in a very simple way because I'm sharing as I'm learning it. And it's also, I share, about meeting a lot of the people that helped teach me this, meeting psychic mediums, meeting researchers. And it's actually, despite the fact it's about grief, it's kind of funny just because I'm so awkward when I meet all these people. I also have a podcast where I interview a lot of the researchers. That's also what the fuck just happened. All about the afterlife, no woo. You can connect with me on Instagram. You can go to my website and email me. I love hearing from people. I will reply. My apologies. Sometimes I'm a little delayed just because work. I also am writing what the fuck just happened part two, which picks up with where I left off in part one as I'm learning so much more and an offer I'd love to give. So I am going to be doing some Zoom sessions and 
we can talk about this and have a discussion and people can ask me questions and we'll have a group on. And I'd love to offer a free one for all of you. Amazing. Thank you so, 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 so much, Elizabeth. This has been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Do you have any, do you have a last piece of advice that you want to give to the community before we wrap up? Yeah, I just think be curious about all of this. It's so fascinating. Don't draw final conclusions. Like do manifesting as an experiment. See if it works. See if it works one way over the other. You know, I mean, these aren't hard, cold facts like one plus one equals two. This is research that seems to work and it's just interesting. So rather than expecting that there's going to be an outcome, treat it like an experiment. information on what the fuck just happened go to wtfjusthappened.net there you can order my book what the fuck just happened a sciency skeptic explores grief healing and evidence of an afterlife and you can learn all about how i came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife you can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them, trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.